Hello? Hi. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond a Thought Podcast, where we're talking about issues you've probably been thinking about. I'm Lynette. And my name is Z. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode. Um, before we even get into it, I really want to thank you guys for your support, for listening, because it's not always easy to just uh, sit down or um, listen to a full hour of of two people having a conversation so we really appreciate it um and your support and your messages and um all your input so yeah that's what i wanted to say yeah and uh we've wrapped up our marriage series for now (laughs) (laughs) we hope you guys really enjoyed it um we enjoyed doing it we learned a lot from each other as well as from our husbands um about misconceptions, about thoughts that we had before we got into marriage. It was it was a really good eye-opener for us as well. And uh, we want to encourage you guys to continue having that conversation. If you have any questions, uh, definitely write into us. We'd be more than happy to, you know, answer any questions that you have. Or even just, you know, if you just want to talk about it some more. We're both mm-hmm. open to talking about it. You know, we already said that we love talking. So if you want to talk about it some more, we're open to doing that as well. So, yeah, that was great. Awesome. So this episode, we want to start a series on on mental health issues. I understand mental health can be a little touchy, um, mm-hmm. but it also can be a little touch and go, especially when it comes into uh, with respect to the church. Um, so we really want to kind of dive in and talk about some of the uncomfortable things that we don't really talk about when it comes to church, when it comes to mental health, um, and some of the struggles that people go through within the church context. Um, Yeah, so we really just want to kind of have some conversations about mental health within the Black community and how it seeps into um, the church context, especially the Black church. especially with everything that's going on this week has been yeah, or this <laughs> this era has been very tough for yeah. me personally um, yeah. on my mental health and how I don't even know how to deal with it sometimes how to speak about it sometimes so I really believe it's very an important um, conversation to have especially within the Christian community mm-hmm. um, and how we deal with it and how we're how we talk about it um, so we really want to just dive in and have um, some of these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this week is really relevant to talk about mental health because yeah. uh, it's it's been a lot, you know. It's um, been rough. I guess because this episode is going to be around forever, you know, we can at least sort of give background about what's going on this week in the mm-hmm. world. Well, not the world. I guess mainly in North America uh, where there's been police brutality and 
I don't even know the words to put to it. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know what I mean? Like police brutality. Uh, it is like, yeah. Uh-huh. Police brutality against black people in the US and right. you know, killings. So the first guy was was his name Ahmed Ahmad. I keep saying Ahmed, but I know it's not Ahmed. Ahmad. Ahmad Aubrey uh-huh. in the US was jogging and two vigilante white men thought that they could take the law into their own hands <sighs> and they shot him and he died and mm-hmm. not even two weeks after that or maybe three weeks after that in Minneapolis uh, a black man was arrested for apparently committing forgery which mm. is even confusing in and of itself Yeah. and the policeman literally put his knee on his neck and for close to like eight minutes and while he was being filmed and he later died in hospital and then on top of that as if that wasn't enough a nice white lady was jogging (laughs) she wasn't even jogging she was just walking with her dog in a park that 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 dogs are supposed to be on the leash a black man asks her to follow the rules mm. and she says no and he starts to film her and she calls 911 hysterically yelling an African American man is threatening me and my dog as if he had a gun to her dog <laughs> like oh my gosh uh, yeah so so it's been a lot it's been a <laughs> lot it's been a lot um, and i feel like it's is an ongoing thing and yeah. it has it's really just come to the surface a lot this week yeah. and um it, it's hard because it these are part of the reason why black 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 men black women um face some of these challenges in terms of 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 mental health issues right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so personally my my this week my brother i've had i had to have a really um uncomfortable kind of hard conversation with him about mm-hmm. um how he's feeling um he lives in Canada but it's 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 part of it it's north oh, america yeah. it's happened yeah. it's very much here yeah um, yeah it's just a little more quiet than it is in the US this time yeah but he within this week that's all this thing is happening um he he's coming from work he's coming from work into to to his house mm-hmm. and he apparently um or well, according to this white guy this white old man he cut him off um so this like man driving? took it upon him yeah by driving okay he he took it upon himself to follow my brother to his home and wag his finger in his in his face and telling him all and just bashing him for no reason but the thing is the 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 the, the scary thing about it is and and the most disturbing thing about it is for me is that he, my brother couldn't even defend himself right mm-hmm, he couldn't mm-hmm. defend himself mm-hmm. he just had to stand there and take this crap really mm-hmm. from this old older guy because he didn't know how it would end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and that's harsh and yeah. and that's hard for me as a sister to be like man as a black young man you shouldn't have to go through this yeah he shouldn't have to have fear mm-hmm. um and imagine the kind of toll is going to take on his mind mhm mhm right he's going to go home 
and then he's gonna think about man how could I have de- dealt with this better mm-hmm. um, every time he, he's stopped by the police he's freaking out because mm-hmm. he's just like what's gonna end mm-hmm. what's gonna be at the end of the of this conversation right mm-hmm. is it even gonna be a conversation so it's hard yeah on um, the black community um, and the toll it takes on their their men- our, our mental health it's huge yeah and I don't think a lot of people fully understand like well how does racism have an impact on your mental health you know and it's, it's funny because you know Lynette you and I have been reading about a lot about mental health because we were just like okay you know we want to talk about this but we want to come from an, an informed place right and right. you know when I was doing research about this like you you just google mental health in the black community mm-hmm. and it seems like almost all the articles that come up they have some sort of link to racism, classism, um, poverty, like all these socioeconomic factors that black people Mm -hmm. experience in North America have a direct impact on, uh, on black people's mental health, you know? For example, with your brother, it's, it's like, he didn't do anything wrong. Right. But he goes home and instead of thinking, wow, that guy shouldn't have done that. He's automatically thinking about what he did, like what he could have done better. Right. Talking negatively about himself, you know, figuring out, oh, I have to do this, but I have to. And and then have to exist differently in this world simply because he was born black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. It's it's so tough. And and then the, the thing is, people that say that, oh, you know, it's not really that bad in Canada. Mm. This doesn't really happen here. It's a blatant lie, you blatant. know, because it, 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 hmm. <sighs> it happened. So, so, for example, with us, one of our friends showed, shared the story on Facebook yeah. uh, not too long ago. But yeah. about two years ago, um, I was celebrating Amaya's birthday at, um, mm-hmm. at our apartment. And the kids, it was hot. So we went to the splash pad, which was in our neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And the kids were there splashing in the splash pad. Mind you, the park there, it's a, it's a, it's not a dog-friendly park. There's a park where it's for the kids, where dogs have to be on a leash. And then there's another place next to it where dogs can be off-leash leash, leashes. Right. So the kids are playing in the splash pad. This lady has two dogs. I can't remember if it's one or two dogs, but mm-hmm. I think it's two. Mm-hmm. She throws the ball that the dogs used to play into the splash pad. <laughs> Seeing that they're kids playing in the splash pad, the dogs run towards the splash pad. And the parents that are around, they go and they grab the kids because they're like, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. they're these two big dogs. And the kids are screaming. Everybody's frantic. Like, where is this dog coming from? The lady saunters over. And mind you, this lady, she's, she's, she's white. She saunters over takes the dog and takes the ball and the dogs follow her she doesn't apologize nothing uh-huh. no acknowledgement nothing so they're all asking her like what's why did you do that you know and then one of the people one of the guests that we had there was like i'm pretty sure if it were white kids that were here you'd be apologetic for that because you saw that your dogs traumatized these kids right the lady goes on to say you should teach your welfare babies to oh, love dogs. No. Oh no, oh my gosh. Uh, Lynette, you know the group of friends that were there, okay? Are any of us on welfare? Absolutely not. 
none of us are on welfare if anything and this is this plays another it plays into the other rhetoric where it's like we now have to defend our 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 value to prove that we we don't need to be treated this way as even if i was on welfare or whatever how does that affect thank you it doesn't it doesn't affect the way you should treat me because whether i'm on welfare or i'm a million dollar person you shouldn't treat me differently you know but we're all there like how could she say something like that Mm -hmm. so you know the video like he put it on facebook like you know everybody if you wanted to see the video you can definitely go on his facebook if you want to know who we're talking about just reach out to us and we'll send you the person's name Mm -hmm. just for confidentiality you don't want to put people's names on blast but the late like there was an altercation between them the lady decides that she's going to call the cops because she feels threatened or mm-hmm. meanwhile she has two dogs with her big dogs and, <laughs> <laughs> and we're there like uh-uh so Rita said no no you're not calling I'm going to call the cops too because mm-hmm. I have a right this is my neighborhood I live right. here mm-hmm. I don't know where you're coming from your dogs are you're not following the laws of having your dogs on a leash there's no reason why you should call the cops and then lo and behold cops will come and then they'll say oh 10 black people are are threatening this one black woman this one white wow. woman wow you know anyways long story short the cops came they diffused the situation it's funny we ended up taking a picture with the cops too it was really interesting at the end <laughs> but and that was an, an example where it's like this could have gone south could have, very quickly yeah. Yeah. you know but that lady she 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 knew she was wrong because there were signs everywhere that the dogs were supposed to be on the leash mm-hmm. and then she feels the need to call our babies because all our babies were black welfare babies wow you know what i mean anyways that's a long story but <sighs> all of this like for the longest time we were just shook like even our kids were like mommy why why did the lady th- let the dogs come and like ask anyone that was in the group like for at least a week our kids were talking about these dogs and why this woman let her dogs run into it's the park traumatic. it's traumatic yeah, it, yeah. it boils down to trauma it boils down to trauma and these are like racism classism all of these things are part of the reason why because the effect is now you have to explain yourself right you have to explain mm-hmm. your worth as mm-hmm. to why this shouldn't happen to you and then it, mm-hmm. it, it leads to like black men black women not seeking help mm-hmm. <laughs> for mental mm-hmm. illness for mental mm-hmm. health issues right so, i mean mm-hmm. obviously it's not just racism right culture has mm-hmm. it to a huge mm-hmm. has a huge mm-hmm. factor that, that 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 plays into it right because it's like oh now i have to go and explain myself to this this um industry that is predominantly white right yep. let's, let's just let's just call the state a state mm-hmm. this industry that is this self this um health uh, mental health industry that is predominantly white um mm-hmm. that doesn't really understand your uh, where you're coming from right mm-hmm. doesn't understand your um your, your experience Ex- exactly mm-hmm. your experiences and now you have to go and explain to them and it makes you look weak because you mm-hmm. really don't want to feel feel weak right i mean it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a combination of a lot of things religion comes mm-hmm. into play as well because mm-hmm. I, I always find and this is my take on it i always find that religion and culture especially within the black community makes mm-hmm. it seem as if you need to be strong and you have mm-hmm. to 
stand your ground even if you are going through something right mm-hmm. is that is that mm-hmm. that place of, it's almost you almost shamed if as a black individual you seek help for um mental illness right mm-hmm. and and again you also don't know especially a lot of people in the black community do not know how to what to make of mental illness it's still very mm-hmm. relatively new um mm-hmm. a conversation that is relatively new being being spoken of very recently within the black community because it's like oh you're a strong black man you're a strong black woman you have to fend for yourself but really you don't even there's there's some there's some place some sometimes you don't even know how to explain what you're going through and now yeah. you have to divulge all of this to somebody else it it, it can you, you kind of shun shun mm-hmm. it completely and you're just like I'm, i i don't want to like i have to put on a, a strength i have to put on um i have to pray away especially within um the church i have to pray mm-hmm. the way i don't know what I, what i'm feeling but i have to pray it away how can you pray away something that you don't know how what you <laughs> what how mm-hmm. to explain it mm-hmm. it's tough and even like you know so you and i are africans right like looking at it from the african's perspective i don't know if you remember back home when you, even in like nollywood when they're portraying crazy people on the street right you know mm-hmm. and then they're saying things like this guy is mental yes <laughs> yes you know like i remember in nigeria like we would be driving to the market or something and then my driver would see somebody and be like ah this one is mental mm-hmm. his mind is gone mm-hmm. you know and so when you now look at you compare even just talking about mental health and mental illness the perception is the guy that's on the street yeah not necessarily somebody that's struggling with depression or anxiety right. or anything else but the guy that's on the street so when you start saying you know what i i think i'm struggling with my mental health mm-hmm. the perception is is and, and i say this cuz you know i i i i've seen this happening like in my family my family and my extended family at large like when we talk about mental health and mental illness the automatic picture that comes up is the madman that's on the street right and it's like ah uh-uh, but you're not you're not mad you're not crazy maybe mm-hmm. you're just sad for a little bit you know go on right. vacation or or the, the 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 popular the popular one is ah uh-uh, but how can you be how can you be depressed look at everything that you have going on for right. you yeah you know yeah or but how can you be anxious mm. in the church how can you be anxious god says be anxious for nothing Through mm-hmm. all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And you know, mm-hmm. so we're we're almost like taught that you can't. Mental health is is it's not it's not talked about because it's also stigmatized a lot because yeah. of that one image of the the madman on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. like what you were saying about the the distrust of like of of mental health institutions it's very real because mm-hmm. if you look at the history of how um white america has used health against african americans you know yeah. like you have examples like the tuskegee experiments yeah. you have like sterilization experiments in puerto rico i think it's the yeah. one of those two yeah. you know and then you have all you these science like, science yeah. too science and all these they all saying that oh we're going to try this with you which is supposed to help is supposed to help meanwhile mm-hmm. is destroying the community yep. Yep. why then will that community feel like they can trust 
these same people yeah. with something as intimate as their mental health, you know? Because yeah. Yeah. I feel like mental health deals a lot with fear. It deals a lot with anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow or what's happened mm-hmm. before. Like, I feel like these are very intimate things to talk about. Like, it's not the same as, and it sh- I feel like it should be classified the same as, oh, I broke my leg, I'm going to the hospital. Because whether it's mental health or physical health, it's still your whole body, right? right it's it's right. your body that's going through something. But I think that sometimes because it's considered mental health, it's it's it feels so intimate that you have to kind of have a certain level of vulnerability mm-hmm. to go and seek help for what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. But because of the fact that, you know, us as a community, we don't trust wholeheartedly at least. <laughs> mm. white run institutions mm-hmm. and also because of this this stigma where it's like if you have a problem with your mental health it's either that you're not grateful to be alive mm-hmm. or either that you're not the mad person out in the street so there's nothing wrong with you yeah or yeah. just suck it up or be strong like so you have all those conflicting um conflicting messages right that you just, right. we just decide like you know what it is what it is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna deal with it Mm. you know mm-hmm. you see I, don't know. I, I also I also believe like I mean there's there's white institutions but then mm-hmm. when you when you parallel that with 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 as you being a Christian and being in the church mm-hmm. right when you parallel that do you find that there's more there's some kind of like mistrust even with church leaders right because mm-hmm. you don't know how much you can you can tell a church leader or church even a church member mm-hmm. because of the rhetoric that has been oh um be anxious for nothing oh mm-hmm. pray it away all of those things mm-hmm. nobody is minimizing prayer prayer is mm-hmm. is has done a lot of things mm-hmm. but you don't go and i think you mentioned this a while ago that you don't go to the the, the like you are if when you're physically sick mm-hmm. and you go to the pastor for like you know prayer or whatever they do mm-hmm. pray for you but they also they also encourage you to go to the hospital mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but how mm-hmm. much how, how about when you're sick in the mind yeah. right yeah you you want to you also want to seek help for yeah. your mind right but because that is not looked as at as um you being sick Right, because it's just in your mind. The battlefield of the enemies in your mind, so prayed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. You now, you now feel like, oh, I can't go to my church leader, or I can't go to my church member or church friend to tell them that this is what I'm going through, or to to confide in them that this is what I'm going through, because you're gonna be seen as like, oh, you're not praying enough, mm-hmm. or you're not, you're a Christian. How do you how do you reconcile being a Christian and being depressed? Mm-hmm. Or you where know? is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, where is your faith? Where is your, are you crying out to God? Are you praying more? Are you doing the right things that a Christian is supposed to do to not be in that state of mind? Mm-hmm. So there's also that mistrust within mm-hmm. the church conversation, within the church context, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it's not just institutions, but even within the church, it is an institution, but within the church where you, you, you want to feel, you you almost want to you want to feel the most safe mm-hmm. right or you're supposed to feel the most safe there's a lot of judgment when it comes to um to mental health issues and it's not something that's really talked about right it's not talked yeah. about at all that's true. Um, it's just now that people 
a lot of people are just scratching the surface of it because it's like a lot of things it's hard for us to talk about mm-hmm. right because we don't know how to deal with it we don't know yet what it is how do we how do we merge the two how do we merge god's word with the with the actuality you know yeah. how, with the the reality of of mental health issues yeah. or mental illness right yeah. so yeah. it's it's tricky when it comes to church yeah i remember one time you and i went out for dinner with a couple of people and we we had uh-huh. s- sort of started talking about mental health and like you know getting help right um and i remember somebody made a comment like but is it in the will of god for you to go and get help for that wow i don't know if you remember that comment it was just kind of like put out there and then we yeah. sort of went on but that stuck with me for so long because all wow. i kept thinking was why wouldn't it be in the will of god for me to get the help that i need, I need. if i'm struggling somewhere you know what i mean and for me it speaks volumes to to us as a, a christian well in in black church specifically mm-hmm. about what people consider where where healing comes from right you know like it, it speaks a lot to that because i think that by saying is it in the will of god for you to get that like so does that mean that if i get help for some illness that i have am i operating outside right. of the will of god yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. it it really it really I thought and this this conversation happened years ago and up until now yeah. I can't stop thinking about it right. because that's just a, a a person in a congregant so to speak mm-hmm. you know but then you hear rhetoric from leadership sometimes saying things like if you have the joy of the lord in your heart there's no there's no room for depression mm. you know or if your faith if you have faith in god you can't be anxious Right. you know and like i want to distinguish because like we all have some level of anxiety because our bodies are built with the flight or fight response right mm. like god placed that in us to understand that when we sense danger our bodies go through a whole process that tells right. us whether we should f- flee from flee that or danger, yeah or we should face it right? right and and that whole process the sympathetic nervous system process can be classified as your body feeling anxious. So having anxious moments is normal because if you don't know if you don't have an idea of the unknown or you're trying to figure something out or you're worried for a period of time, yeah, that's 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 normal because that's our bodies are built that way. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about mental il- illness or specifically when it comes to depression and anxiety and depression is the same thing we can all have depressive times you know mm-hmm. where something happened and then you're sad you can right. be sad for a day or two that's normal <laughs> you know what i mean mm. like people aren't happy 24/7 <laughs> you know what i mean like Absolutely. life happens but when we talk about mental illness or when we talk about you know mental illness specifically is that the anxiety or the depression that you're experiencing is for an extended period of time mm-hmm. you know what i mean where it's like you feel like at the end of the day you don't even remember exactly what is causing the depression anymore right. that you're just sad you yeah. can't pinpoint what is causing and you know when you go to doctors they'll tell you that it, it when it gets to that point it's because now there is a chemical imbalance in your brain 
mm. you know of like neurotransmitters that either make it that regulate happiness sadness or anxiety versus depression there's a chemical imbalance happening so now it's not even a question of you're just thinking that you're sad it's actually become a physical issue that sure, needs yeah. to be dealt with you yeah. know but we don't go that far talking about that in the church or no. even in the black, in the black community we don't go that far into that conversation mm-hmm. because we're just we stop at if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed it means that you're not grateful or you don't have enough faith yeah, and then see, yeah no go ahead yeah i was saying yeah so we don't go further than that and because we because we say things like you don't have enough faith or you're ungrateful it now adds more guilt to that person that oh how can i not be grateful like at least i still have life you mm. know i have and then you start to and 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 what i find is that you start to to dumb down your experience mm-hmm. right which is I, I, and i have to bring the whole racism thing back into that which is what racism does as well is because the thing that it's the outward thing that's making you feel terrible but then mm-hmm. we internalize it like it's our problem like it's right. our fault yeah. you know this lady is calling the cops on 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 the guy he was probably like oh maybe i shouldn't have filmed her maybe i right. should have just kept it moving mm-hmm. but she was the one that was wrong <laughs> you know and the same thing with us it's like oh you don't have enough faith you're not grateful mm. but then you're you know that you have faith because and i know a lot of christians are struggling with mental health it's not about faith no because they have faith because they've been praying to god for healing yeah you know they're praying to god for help they're believing god for this healing to come for their minds they're speaking scripture like i haven't spoken to one christian that says that they deal with mental health issues that hasn't prayed about their mental health issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and, and the conversation that we're having next week will prove that that like you you can have a Christian that says, "You know what? I went to so and so conference. I went to the yeah. retreat. When they called people forward, I they prayed I for went. me. I went. I did this, I did that, mm-hmm. and nothing changed." Mm-hmm. So then now they say it's because you have you have little faith or you need mm-hmm. to be grateful. So they start thinking it's a problem with me. Right. And then mm-hmm. the problem with me now adds to the issue of the mental health that they're experiencing. Right. You know? Right. So I uh, it's so there's, there's so much because mm-hmm. I feel I I believe that the Bible God knows that there will be anxious times. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says be anxious for nothing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's the acknowledgement that there will be a time where you are anxious. Mm-hmm. The Bible says fear not mm-hmm. because there will it acknowledges that there will cuz nobody will say fear not if there is no fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, there's an mm-hmm. acknowledgement there that there is going to be fear. But in that time do not fear. Mm-hmm. Right? There is an acknowledgement that there is going to be anxiety, but in that time do not be anxious. Yeah. So why would that acknowledge that these times will happen? Yeah. But I don't know where in our minds that we feel like as Christians we we shouldn't have to we can never go through these things. Mhm. Right. And I feel like part of it also is that a lot of people do not want to approach um I don't know your friends or your family within the 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 church context 
because with mental health issues because the, there's that lack of um, or the inadequacy of like acknowledgement of I'm hearing you. I mm-hmm. acknowledge that you are going through something. I acknowledge that you are struggling, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe because we don't even know how to to um, to approach it, right? Mm-hmm. But when you feel heard, when you feel like oh I, ha- I I have expressed what I feel, and now I am being heard, that starts up the conversation of okay now. I can talk about some of these things, right? Yeah. I can be comfortable to talk about um, that I'm struggling with this, but because it's such a um, it's such a, co- a conversation that we don't know how to have. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Even come to me with that because I don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to talk about it to make you or because I'm not the, no, but rarely will you see somebody say, "Okay, go and seek help." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, go and seek uh, professional help. No, pray. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's minimizing prayer. Again, I don't want anybody out there to think we're saying prayer is this, it's effective. But there's always, if you are sick in your body, you will go to the doctor. Sometimes you will go to the doctor before going to the pastor. Mm-hmm. You will go to the doctor before going to your, your church friend, right? And yeah. then you will go and say, this is what is, is going on with me. Yeah. But when it comes to mental health, it's like, well, no, I, I, I because you can't even decipher what yeah. is going on in your mind. Instead yeah. of going to seek professional help to see what is going on, it's like, no, 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 this, this, this can definitely not be depression. This can definitely not be anxiety. This is mm-hmm. definitely not what I'm going through. No, because you think that as a Christian, you don't, you shouldn't, you, you're, you're not going to go through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like other people in the world are are struggling with with issues. I mean, like again, we're going to go about this week. This week has been rough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For because sometimes what has, is going on, you don't even have the words for it. Yeah, your mental state is like, man, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Right? It it messes with you. Some of these things messes with you, and some of the things you go through on a daily basis messes with you. Yeah. So it it, it it's. Rightfully so, you will have some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. So why not go and seek the help that you need to seek? Sometimes it's about, it's about just pulling back a little bit and just sitting back and and thinking about what's going on. But sometimes it's more than that. Yeah. Right. It's more that is uh, like you said the chemical imbalances in your mind that you really need to have seek professional help for. Mm-hmm. So it's about being heard, being acknowledged that this is what I'm going through. That yeah. I feel like that is missing when it when it comes to the black community, the black church. Um, that that conversation is missing. Like there's yeah. a, there's a piece that's missing there. Yeah, and you know to bring it back to like oh, there are so many things that I was thinking about what you were saying, but mm-hmm. if we if we even expand it to like looking at the black community, right, and to to put mm-hmm. more validation to how serious mental health issues are, a lot of people this week we've had a hard time because we're not we're us black people in canada we're not americans but we're black right right so when you see a black person being killed and the reason why is just because they're black we internalize that because we know that that could just as well be us right so that's why and and just to explain to our non-black listeners that's why it's so hard for black people collectively in the world to see this because 
this is targeting us just because of the color of our skin, not even because of our affiliations or anything like that. But looking at even mental health from the African context, okay, there, Africa has a lot of countries in Africa, almost even all of them, all went through really rough times in their history. Uh-huh. Dating back to slave trade, colonization, uh-huh. independence, neo-colonization, civil wars, right? Uh-huh. All of these experiences are traumatic, okay? Uh-huh. And the one country that comes to mind for me all the time is Rwanda, right? Uh-huh. So in 1994, Rwanda had, they experienced a genocide. 800,000 people were murdered. Uh-huh. It wasn't even over a year. Huh. Weeks, 800,000 uh-huh. people were murdered. And it wasn't even just like, oh, the army was coming to murder people. It was, my neighbor is yeah. coming to kill. Yeah. My neighbor uh-huh. that I've known since I was two has come to kill my father, you know? Right. And all of this happens, and then it stops. <sighs> And now people have to recover from that. Oh my gosh. How is that not a mental health issue? How is that not traumatized? How is that not trauma? You know? <laughs> and because us as Africans, we're like, oh, don't talk about your business. Don't talk about your yeah. business. Oh. So all these people are internalizing this trauma and this pain right. and are not... No, uh, and I'm saying all these people, I'm not trying to generalize it like every single Rwandan that lived through the genocide is experiencing this, but a lot of, I, I can say a lot of people that lived through the genocide are experiencing this because how do you live through or just act like you didn't see your uncle get yeah. murdered in front of you yeah. or you weren't yeah. running for your life or, you know, things like that. So when I, so so, and, and, th- and that pains me because when, if somebody like, let's say that somebody lives through a period of time like that and they're saying that they feel anxious because something like that will cause anxiety, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Something like that would definitely cause anxiety because you can't sleep because you're worried that somebody is going to come into your house, you know, or you're walking down the street and you're thinking maybe this person is going, all of these things. And we talked about mm. the flight of quiet response. All of these things are triggering that response about, should I run or should I stay? And you're constantly under that state of run or stay. It alters your body. It alters your brain chemicals. So somebody that experiences that is now also a church member because they've prayed. And they're still experiencing that, you know? And if they come and they talk to like, you know, the church member or whoever, And they say, you know what, I'm feeling periods of anxiety. And the one thing that we tend to do a lot at church is we tend to faith away things, right? And what I mean by faith away things, it's like, oh, you know, I've been feeling really anxious. And then the person says, eh, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, make your request. (laughs) And it's like, but you didn't hear me. Why didn't you ask me what is making me feel anxious? Or just speak life. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. One of our friends sent me this video. She was like, "This is the type of Christian that you 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 hate." And I'm like, "Oh man, hate is a strong word." But let me see what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so in the clip, the person was saying, "Oh, I have a headache," and then the the other person was um, portraying a Christian was like, "In Jesus' name, your your headache is gone. What headache? <laughs> headache is healed. This is I'm not come past you. It's not that all saying all these things." <sighs> And then the person that has a headache is like, 
okay, but I, I still have a headache. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm like, you're absolutely right. Because you can't acknowledge, you don't want to acknowledge somebody's pain. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're now guilting the person for even saying out loud that they're experiencing pain. You yeah. Know? yeah. And prayed away. Like this, there's, there's certain, like you were talking about, like the, Ru- the, the Rwanda genocide. There's mm-hmm. also like sexual, um, sexual trauma yeah you, you know P- yeah. people who have gone through um, um uh, sexual abuse yeah right and it becomes like there, there's so many instances that people suppress because mm-hmm. i know personally for me it was like oh it never happened and i don't really know if you remember my question when, it, when we had that that um session at church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i was just like so is that like do you have a mental issue if it's like okay this never happened mm-hmm, like oh mm-hmm. that is a real I- issue mm-hmm. right it's like mm-hmm. you want that fright or flight thing that you were talking about it's like mm-hmm. i just want to get away from from this thing that has happened to me far away from it as possible mm-hmm. you know i, I want to flee it from like put it out of my mind as if it never happened mm-hmm. because it's, it's it's a coping mechan- mechanism right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can only cope with the fact that this has happened to me because if, if I if I don't acknowledge that it has happened, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Some, of, some of these things um, come back as triggers later mm-hmm. on in life, right? And it, it, it affects um, some relationships that you have. It affects mm-hmm. the way you interact with people, and it affects your your um, your your relationships with, with with people, right? And people don't understand that this is something that is is a problem, mm-hmm. right? And and because you don't understand that it's a problem, it's like you oh you, I don't even want to get help for it because it's not a problem, like because you're not acknowledge you're not acknowledging it makes it like a non-existent problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have like issues like that that are happening within the black community, that are happening in, within communities, and there's no acknowledgement of it, it's like, oh, it's never happened. Oh, there's nothing that's going on with me. But you know that they're having triggers later on in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. There's 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 uh, there's relationships that are being affected because of your insecurities or some things that have, have happened to you in the past. And if yeah. you're not looking at it as it is or calling it as it is or calling it out for what it is it's like okay how do you how do you heal from that yeah Yeah. how do you heal from that how do you how do you talk about it later on how do you um these are all issues right Mm -hmm. these are all issues that people are not willing to talk about because it's like no 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 that makes me look weak that makes me look like i have an issue that makes me look like now oh this has happened to me before now I feel ashamed about it to even go and seek help help about it you yeah. know yeah so have you experienced you know have you had experiences like that where you've had like mental health challenges or issues and you've had this kind of like um, pushback or you know what I mean like for me yeah I, I I just think I didn't know like again like I said it's a it's a really new conversation 
that mm-hmm. we're having within the black community within the church context I always I've grown up in church like you know for as long as I I I've been alive I grew up in church so mm-hmm. a lot of these conversations about black um uh, mental health would not be had because nobody mm-hmm. even had a name for it right mm-hmm. it's like a conversation that has not been had at all now it's so super new it's like okay which aspect of my life is a mental issue mm-hmm. right because now you have to kind of like look back within yourself and be like okay which part which part at which point like when I was when I was this age was this a mental health issue mm-hmm. when I was at this stage of my life is, is this a mental health issue because the fact that you can't decipher what is a mental health issue um, from what isn't mm-hmm. is also a huge issue mm-hmm. because you don't know what you're feeling Right. Yeah. So I think for a very long time I just didn't even know that I was I was going through any kind of mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Right. So um like even I can't even remember I can't even pinpoint a time where like I, I, I I'll give a personal experience. I think mm-hmm. when I was like seventeen or eighteen, mm-hmm. I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. I I had suicidal thoughts because I was going through a time in my life where I I didn't feel any worth. I didn't feel any, um, I, 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 there was just some, a part of my life that I just couldn't understand. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I I was very, I was a very, like, you see me talking now, like I was a very timid person Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. I had a lot of timidity. I, um, didn't feel, I didn't feel like my voice was, um, was val- it had any value attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, whenever, whenever I had, um, like, I was in the room or with people that I felt like I could have a voice, I was like, no, no, because nobody ever taught me how to to have my voice, to be able to 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 have a voice within any kind of context. Mm-hmm. So I always suppress the fact that oh I can actually make a contribution here. So there was a lot going on within that thing, that 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 time of my life. So coupled with a huge a lot of stuff, I just didn't know how to express it. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to express what I was feeling. I didn't know how to express it to my family, to my friends. Um, and I was going through these these cycles. Um, so I, I became very suicidal. I was, mm-hmm. became very, and for some people, it might be might be like, oh, why, why you, why were you feeling that way? Like, oh, just because you were going through this, 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 that doesn't mean that you you should be mm-hmm. suicidal. But it's it's a real thing that happens mm-hmm. to people. So mm-hmm. I, I remember, I I don't know what I took, but it's only by God's grace that. It, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have that outlet to tell, talk to people about what um, what I was going through. Right. It was just like I internalized everything. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it was kind of like that article I sent to you yesterday, where yeah. your her family, my family, didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like it couldn't have understand, or according to me, it couldn't mm-hmm. have understand. I understood what I was going through. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, I, 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 my parents took me to Ghana. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. there by myself with my brother. So there was a lot of things that wasn't that wasn't going the way that I thought it should go. So mm-hmm. I was very much a lot of internalization mm-hmm. of a lot of things. And because I was internalizing a lot of things, it was almost as if because there, there needs to be some emptying. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to empty it mm-hmm. out, right? I didn't know how to have that conversation with anybody. I didn't know if I was able to have that conversation uh, or the conversations about the things that I was going through with anybody. Mm-hmm. So internalizing it made me um, feel like I had control of, over it, but still I did, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Right, so it made me really. Um, um, there was a lot of hurt, right? Yeah. And this is this is challenges that I'm also I'm still going through. Yeah. Um, and still, and still trying to um, work through. So if I, I it, sometimes I just don't know how to, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I remember when my when my um, my father passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too long ago, I remember that was the first ever time I sought for help. That mm-hmm. was the first ever time that I went to um, a professional. I think mm-hmm. I remember that a colleague of mine um, told me that there's free counseling at work. So why don't you seek it out? Um, and I was just like, you know what? I've never talked to anybody about it. Because at that time too, right? Church girl. I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I pray this away or whatever. But I was truly going through things. Mm-hmm. I, my dad had just passed. I didn't know how to 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 feel the feelings that I was I was I was feeling, mm-hmm. right? And then the, on top of that, Africa mm-hmm. and all their traditional things that I had to go through. I just didn't know how to deal with it. So I mm-hmm. definitely sought for help, and I never like it made me think in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I realized that professional help, like the way she was. The questions that she was asking me made me think in a different way. And I remember one time she asked me, I really went to the session and just cried the whole hour. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. Just cried. Right. And she was asking me, um, this prof- this lady was, uh, she was a psychologist and she was asking me like, why do you think you're going through this? And it just jogged my mind as to what, to think of things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not just oh I'm going to pray this away. It's I was feeling the things that I was feeling. It was real feelings, mm-hmm. so I had to acknowledge those feelings, and that was like the beginning of me actually like acknowledging that this there's there are issues that are problems that mm-hmm. I have to face head on, um, and not just be like oh I'm just internal and I'm just going to internalize it because this is mm-hmm. my problem. This is a problem for me and. Because there's there's no outlet after that, like you know what yeah. I mean. There's no one you can. And the reason why I was crying, looking back on it now, is like, I I just felt like man, somebody's hearing me out. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm free myself mm-hmm. of the things that I'm feeling, right? Um. So personally, like there's been different moments in my life where I felt like, oh, this is a mental health issue that I need to to seek help for or need to pause and think about what is going on mm-hmm. um, but because I didn't be, prior to that because I didn't have um, a definition for what I was going through I just didn't see it as as oh this is a, men- this is a mental health issue right? yeah yeah. Man. yeah how about you uh, for me well so 
I'm I'm slowly I've got I've gotten to a point now where I accepted that I deal with anxiety um mm-hmm. in my life like so thinking back I realized so when I was my parents lived in Kenya um at one point and we I used when they lived in Kenya where was I I was here yeah so they lived in Kenya and I was doing boarding school here and I would go back for holidays and this one holiday um we got robbed oh. and it was by somebody that we're sure that it was people that we knew because the way in which they robbed our house is like they knew exactly where they were going what they were getting how to come in which it was you know and as we uncovered all this information I had started losing sleep over the course of the time that I, we were there because I was just so scared that it could happen again right you know so for extended periods of time um I would stay awake. I wouldn't sleep at night because I'm like, I'm going to be awake until it's daytime. So nobody's going to rob us during the day. So then I'll sleep during the day, but then I just wasn't sleeping and so on. Um, so, and then, and this is me looking back, like, you know, having this conversation about, okay, when, where can you pinpoint situations in your life where, you know, you, you had mental, mental health challenges, not necessarily right. illness. Yeah. But for me, when I got married to my husband, so I've been married, we've been married for seven years. Uh-huh. And the first two, three, I'm going to say first three, four years of our marriage were very challenging because um, I wasn't working, Quickie was barely getting any work, and then he got sick for an extended period of time. Uh-huh. And during that time, he was having surgeries, he was being hospitalized being taken away in ambulances, going back to the hospital. We were traveling and then he would get sick and we, and then we had Azarel at the same time. All of this happened. So we were broke, quickly was sick, I wasn't working and we had a newborn. And all of this, all of that happening at the same time for a period of three or four years, I remember feeling like I wasn't getting a break you know because I was on go 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 taking care of one person pushing out a baby not sleeping with the baby but taking care of husband to go to the hospital worrying about money um, (laughs) worrying about how we're gonna pay for food and you know God is good because we never even though we were broke for some reason God always provided we never missed a month of rent never God always provided you know so I just want to put that in there thank God for that but and I'm putting that in there for a reason because sometimes people be like but you went through, but God always provided. So why, why were you still feeling yeah, anxious? You yeah. know, God was still showing signs that he was there, you know? And I was always acknowledging that, you know, God did this, he did this, he did this. But I, I was constantly feeling like on edge, you know? Right. Yeah. And I was feeling like, like something bad was going to happen. So I wasn't just around the corner. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just around the corner, something bad is going to happen. And that feeling of thinking that something bad is going to happen, that feeling, I had that for years. And I didn't know what it was called. Like, because we say that this conversation, mental health, it's very, for me, it's, it's new for me in the mental, in in, in the Christian community, in the black community, because I didn't have the words to describe what I was explaining, I was feeling, I just kept saying that I'm scared, you know, that I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, and then it's like, well, what are you scared about? And then I, I, and then 
to put the words to what I was scared about was even worse because then I was like, but if I admit these things that they may come to pass, <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I would have thoughts like, quick is gonna die in the hospital, mm. surgery. Or I would have thoughts that Azrael's not gonna wake up in the middle of the night. Like, like new mom thoughts that people have. Like yeah. your baby's sleeping and you're not sleeping because you're worried that your baby's gonna sleep, that die in the middle of the night, you know? So I would have thoughts like that. And, you know, it, it happened for a long period of time, but I felt like I kept praying and saying, God, you know, you got this. So I was functioning, right? Because okay. I would sleep maybe two or three hours and wake up and I'm like, thank you, God, I slept two or three hours today at least, you know? Mm-hmm. And then and then one day I would crash because I was so exhausted throughout the week and I would crash and then I'd wake up and I'd be like, hey, I'm healed because I finally slept for eight hours straight, you know? But no, it's just because my body just couldn't handle <laughs> the struggle <laughs> you know so and it, so mm. it, it got to the point I didn't seek help for any of this because I just felt like you know what this is this is life you know yeah. God didn't say it was gonna be perfect so just thug it you know be anxious for nothing I would pray about it they would ask people if the spirit of fear God did not give the spirits of fear but of power of love and a sound mind and I was just repeating all the scriptures that I knew but it wasn't helping right. and then there is a I think I was pregnant with Amaya. I had two weeks where I was waking up with panic attacks in the middle of the night. And I wake up and I'm like, something bad is happening. Something bad is going to happen. I'll check on Azarel. He's alive. Sometimes I'd even look at Quick and put my hand on his nose to make sure he's still breathing. You know? And I'm like, I know, right? It's like, come on, Z, relax. But like, literally, it was a a very real fear for me that like... Something is going to happen. And I would have panic attacks, panic attacks. And then I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need help. Right. And I would, I had talked to pastors before and, and then they would pray for me and they'd say, it's, everything is fine. Believe God. And I was believing God. Like, and I am still believing God, but I, there was some, I, it just, there's something that just wasn't clicking, you know? Yeah. So then, like you, I, I talked to the EAP people at work <laughs> and I didn't go and speak to someone like it was over the phone. Mm. And the first session, he was like, okay, did a, a simple like survey. Yeah. Like, um, after the survey, he's like, you need to go to the Royal. And the Royal, the Royal is the mental health. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. The mental health hospital here. He's like, you need to go to the Royal and speak with someone because you are experiencing moderate to severe anxiety. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Get out of here! Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yo, I was like, nah, man. This guy is telling me I'm experiencing moderate. He doesn't know what he's talking about. How can he just say that based on one conversation? Uh, but then I was still having these panic attacks. And I'm like, okay, this is actually disrupting my work because now at work. I couldn't concentrate because I wasn't sleeping. And then because also I work sometimes, I'd be thinking Azrael has gotten the yellow school bus. I don't know if he's gotten to, to school. How am I going to know if he's at school? And then I'd have panic attacks about that, you know? Mm. Well, finally, like I, I went to my doctor. My doctor was like, you do have moderate to severe anxiety. I'm going to prescribe some medication for you. And wow. I would get to see a therapist. And I was like, um, okay, well... I'm not sure about this medication because this medication is going to make me put on weight. It's going to make me have depression. It's going to make me lose sleep. And I was like, right at this point, after all the panic attacks, I was actually looking forward to sleeping 
because I spent the whole day being so scared. Yeah. Sleeping was like a kind of a reprieve for me where it's like I could finally just numb my mind and not have to deal with all the thoughts that I was having during the day, you know. Um, so, you know, I started seeing a therapist and so verbalizing all of this to the therapist was so hard because I was actually hearing myself say what I was experiencing. Wow. Even while I was verbalizing it to her, I was also still explaining it away or even kind of telling myself that it can't be that serious, you know. Yeah. She kept calling me out on that, saying like, why do you think that what you're experiencing is, is nothing? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, why do you keep thinking... She's like, you've been having this for like five years. Like, why do you think that you're not, why are you not validating what your experience is? And I realized, I'm like, it's because I've never, I've never felt like, you know, what my experiences were, were valid. Because I talked to a pastor and they just say, pray, we'll pray. And then you say, you're healed. Or I'll talk to a family member and then it'd be like, how can you be experiencing these kind of things? You know, or, you know, like I'll talk to a family member and they'd be like something like, oh it is well but no acknowledgement about you know these things are actually real maybe you should get help you know so yeah that that, that was my experience with with mental health i think now for me i i it's hard for me to come to to say you know i deal with anxiety because it's almost like i don't want to proclaim that over my life right 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 (laughs) right like it's like someone saying that I have I don't know schizophrenia it's like the minute you speak you have schizophrenia it's like you've owned disease don't own it but I'm coming to the conclusion where it's like if I want God to help me I need to acknowledge where I'm at in order for God to meet where I'm at you know but if I keep myself in denial about where I'm at it's like God is like but you're lying to yourself so how can I help you when you're lying to yourself you know (sighs) Man, uh, I, <laughs> it's it's so tricky. It's really yeah. so tricky because, and I totally I understand because it's almost as if like, oh yeah, I'm acknowledging this this thing over me. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. So that it, it must it might have power over me. Exactly. Right? And I think and I think that's where um, it gets really it, it it gets really murky for for mm-hmm. me as a, as a Christian because I'm just mm-hmm. like. Do I acknowledge, like, if I have a headache, I'll acknowledge that I have a headache mm-hmm. or oh, my head is hurting, and I will take a medication for it because mm-hmm. my head is hurting. Yeah. But just are you, are you proclaiming that your head is hurt? Are you acknowledging that your head is hurting and you're taking mm-hmm. medication for it? Or are you just pro- proclaiming over your head, mind? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going through a headache, like I'm having a headache. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm trying to proclaim it over my life it's just like mm-hmm. I, this, is like, this is like realistically what I'm feeling mm-hmm. so it's it, it gets a little tricky and mm-hmm. it, it's something that we definitely need to work through um, yeah. as Christians and and not feel as if like oh what we are experiencing and not validating what we are actually experiencing yeah, um, yeah. and making it seem so spiritual like Exactly. I mean, let's 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 be real. When it has, we have to be real. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just the reality of it. Yeah. yeah. There definitely is some element of spirituality in all in, in mental health. Yeah. I really do believe that there is an element of spirituality in it, and I yeah. don't think you and I are minimizing the impact of it no, in mental no. health. But I think no. that, like, we always talk about balance, right? Like, 
there needs to be a balance between when yeah. we're addressing the spiritual aspect of things and when we're talking about the physicality of it, yeah. you know? And right now, I think we're tipped towards the spirituality of it a lot, that it, it can yeah. go over people's minds. Whereas when we look at, practically speaking, you know, what does that look like? And I remember sharing with a friend, like, you know, when I was going for therapy, a lot of the things that we talked about, I was able to find references to it in the Bible, yeah. you know? Like, so for me, I'm like, it's not, it's not far-fetched when you go and speak to a therapist that you can see references to how scriptures have talked about these things Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for what for example one thing that my therapist yeah one thing that my therapist was saying like one thing that she was saying was i have to train my mind like when i when i'm experiencing a a moment of anxiety i have to train my mind to to understand that whatever threat that i'm experiencing i have to pull it apart to find what's actually real in this threat yeah counteract that with the reality the truth right so for example oh i'm scared that um as well as not going to wake up in the middle of the night like he's going to pass in his sleep Uh i have to actually look at that thought and be like this thought of yours how realistic is it Uh. even though it happens but what is the percentage of people that pass away in their sleep it's like one percent as well as a healthy boy he's six he's sleeping well there are no choking things so i have to pull it apart and then we retrain my mind to believe that that's a false narrative uh-huh. and it's the same thing with the but the bible says that tearing down um strongholds in our mm-hmm. mind yeah right? it's the same it's just it, the principle is the same yep. but i know it in the bible but practically speaking i don't know how to apply it exactly yeah See what I mean? So going to therapy, it's like all these things that I I knew in the Bible, I was finally able to get practical ways on how to apply these things to manage anxious times, Mm. you know? So, yeah. Take away from you. (laughs) For sure. It's, it's, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about when we're having a hard time mentally. Like when we're having mental health is being challenged, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And I know in this episode, we really just talked mainly about anxiety and depression because those are the main mental health conditions that a lot of people struggle with. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about those. And when it comes to like more the different types, like, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia, multiple personality, all of those ones, it's still so new so people don't know how to address those and i won't even come and say that yeah me i know all about that like i don't but i think at the end of the day as a community when we do meet people that have mental health challenges or illnesses regardless of the spectrum we should be able to to give the person the opportunity to express themselves and to also ask how we can support them that's that's what i think yeah what about what about you I, I agree. I I think I and I acknowledge in this episode that it like mental health um, in a whole is so broad, right? And again, this is just something that we uh, in the Black community is I believe we're just scratching the surface of and mm-hmm. starting to have real conversations about it. So I agree with you that we need to really um, allow people to have the 
the space and the and the platform and show people grace like you know mm-hmm. what i mean um mm-hmm. to talk about some of these things and not be judged and not automatically judge jump people. to conclusion and 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 place judgment on mm-hmm. on somebody because of what they're going through especially it, through the eyes of um oh they're going through demonic attacks for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i feel like we really need um to have have a a graceful conversation mm-hmm. um, and allow people to to express themselves and talk yeah. about the things that they they want to talk about without without projecting anything on them so yeah uh, it's it it into health is like conversations are just so sobering mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, it makes you realize some of the things that we're not talking about right that's some of the conversations mm-hmm. that we're not having um mm-hmm. so next week we're having uh, a a guest yeah. um, speaker yeah. who is going to talk about her experiences um within the church mm-hmm. um with mental illness and the things that she's gone through mm-hmm. so we're looking forward to that we, we hope um that somebody somebody whoever mm-hmm. it was for learn something from this mm-hmm. episode and it, it it triggers you to have real conversations about uh mental health and and think through your thoughts you know yeah. feel yeah. your feelings and, and talk to people um yeah. about it so yeah that's from my end yeah that's great well thank you guys for joining us this episode um like Lynette said we really hope that this could start a conversation amongst yourselves and again if you want to reach out to us we are on all social media platforms Instagram Twitter Facebook at beyond a thought 20 and our podcast is available on all major platforms podcast platforms so we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just google us and you'll find us which is amazing. And um yeah, thank you again and we'll see you guys next week or talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.